Sleigh bells ring Are you listening? In the lane Snow is glistening A beautiful sight We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Hello, this is Randy Moon and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast where we share our love for the holidays with you this year in this brand new year and year round. This is Beth and I'm going to be talking about resolutions and goals. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about the true story of the Great Race of Mercy, or more commonly known as the story of Balto. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a I was not sure where that was going when you first said that. This is Cole, and I will be talking about the road through the playoffs to the NFL Super Bowl. We are into the winter season here in Northern Virginia, so... We like the cold. Well, three of us like the cold yep. and the snow. <laughs> One of us does not. I enjoy the snow uh, as something that I can go be in and walk in and is not blocking my driveway. Yeah, well, I <laughs> right. think most people I don't feel get the it both way. ways ever. So. And we are recording this just after New Year's. So, happy 2021. That's right. We're very excited for a brand new year, as most people are, as you see on social media. Hoping this year is a lot better than... Last year. Yeah, right. I don't know if in two weeks that statement is going to have aged badly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, we had a very fun New Year's Eve. We have a tradition of hanging out with some friends. Um, we kind of eat food. We had them over at our house this year. We've gone back and forth on locations. Uh, we have some great food, snacky kind of food. Um, have lots of fun. And then as it gets closer to midnight, we turn the TV on. We watch the ball drop. We have non-alcoholic Drinks of some sort. Sparkling apple cider, sparkling grape juice, so, you know, sparkling stuff. Yeah, something sparkling. <laughs> something sparkly and fun. We say cheers, hang out for a bit, and then I'll go home and go to bed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And this year it was a much smaller crowd. It yes. was the Andersons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it's, was. It's our fair Virginia family. That's right. It's our uh, group that we've stayed uh, with the inner circle for... Yeah. During this COVID period. Exactly, yeah. How was your New Year's? Cole did not spend New Year's with us? New no. Year's Eve with us this year? No, I went to spend New Year's Eve with my girlfriend's family. So it was it was a fun time. We hung out. They had a couple traditions. Um, a lot of drinking. Various things. And uh, playing giant Jenga and just kind of hanging around and talking and... Just enjoying each other's yeah, company. Yeah, just enjoying each other's company. And then we put the, uh, about one minute before the ball dropped, we put it on. And we watched that, and then we had champagne, and yep, yep. And then we left shortly after that, because I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it can be a long day. And then New Year's Day, our tradition, our main tradition is our meal, which for us growing up in Pennsylvania is pork and sauerkraut, mashed potatoes. Yep. Something else to go. Some other things to do with it. Sydney and I like peas with our mashed potatoes, yep. so we always have peas. Yeah. So uh, that's a tradition I grew up with, having sauerkraut. Now, as a kid, my parents didn't force me to eat sauerkraut. I kind of grew into it over, you right. know, probably by the time I was a teenager, I could withstand it, and then eventually I liked it. So it's funny how a, that happens. Yeah, I didn't like it growing up either. Yeah. yeah. But I eventually did, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think I was in my 20s when I suddenly started liking it. Yeah. 
And I do not at all. <laughs> yeah. You tried it this year. I tried it this year. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were saying that when we went to Germany and had sauerkraut, the sauerkraut wasn't sour. No, it was really different and, and really, really yummy. Good. Yeah. Same texture. Yeah. But very, a, a different flavor. So I don't know why we soured it up quite so much. But No, I don't know either. It'd be interesting like it, to though. find some recipes from there to see how they make it differently. Right. Or if it's just how they jar it here you know how they kind of prepare it ahead of time i don't know but um it was really different and really good in germany really enjoyed that so we we were saying to cole if he ever gets a chance to try it there that he may end up liking it you know actual german sauerkraut the other thing i've been doing the last two days new year's day and the day after is replacing our christmas decor with winter decor yes we have a lot of really cute winter snowmen kind of decor, winter scenes, winter snowman. Lots of white, sparkles. Yes. So I didn't take down the Christmas trees or the Christmas lights. Thank you. But all the other surfaces, (laughs) which is significant, (laughs) I took down all those Christmas things, Christmas wreaths, all those things, and replaced them with winter wreaths and winter decor, lots of snowmen everywhere. Yeah. So very fun. But we still have our trees up. We'll probably have them up for a a while. Our big Christmas tree is actually still taking water. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. I'm telling you, this is the best tree we've ever had, (laughs) even though it was a beast to get in the house. It was. So, yeah. Without Ryan and Cole, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. That's right. Thank you both, Cole and Ryan. That's right. And even though we're just switching to winter and winter scenes, the stores are moving ahead with the holidays. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so me and mom went to Target the other day. And we looked at all the Valentine's stuff, which is really cute. And we went to, also went to Cracker Barrel and saw some cute Valentine's stuff there. Although we also noticed that um, there were definitely some St. Patrick's Day stuff as well. Yeah, there was some. There was not as much, but there was definitely some there. So that's, you know, a nod to St. Patrick's Day, I guess. (laughs) And this is January, so let's get moving. This is the season from January through uh, the Easter time frame where there's a bunch of little smaller holidays, right? So you've got President's Day, Martin Luther King's birthday, you've got Valentine's Day, you have St. Patrick's Day. So it's really a great time to pre-think ahead actually celebrating those in some way, Mm -hmm. either with your family if you've got little kids or other ways with your teenagers, or if you're a young adult with your you know, friends and from that perspective. So if you do a little plan, oh, Groundhog Day, too, is coming up. So if you do a little yeah. planning, you can actually do little celebrations for a number of those holidays. Yeah. With uh, Punxsutawney Phil, or, pardon me, Pete, if you're a fan of the Rankin Bass. <laughs> That's right. Mythos. That's exactly right. That's right. And there are other uh, woodchucks and groundhogs around the world and the nation that, that predict the weather. So. That's right. There are Coming from Pennsylvania... Punxsutawney Phil was always the big one, and I think he's one of the most famous. He is, he is one of the most famous, right? So that was, um, yeah, looking toward the new year, we often look at having resolutions, New Year's resolutions. And when this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks into the new year, so you may have already even done this. It may be exciting for you, or it may be a little frustrating by now. We were, uh, when Sydney and I, were at lunch yesterday, we were saying that for us, resolutions are less effective than goals, some smaller goals. Not that you can't achieve big things, it's just harder without having specific goals within that. And one of the things that as we 
uh, have been married that Randy has often asked and I have appreciated is what do you want to have done at the end of blank at the end of this time period right so like at, at the by end the end of your vacation period right the end of summer right whatever it is so right. that it's kind of looking with the end in mind which is actually something that disney and by reading about disney i learned from him he often thought of the end in mind what is he trying to achieve so that he had that goal throughout his the you know the period of time of planning and doing walt's an amazing man and so are you <laughs> oh go <laughs> <come> on <laughs> Well, one of the things then to ask yourself is, what do I want to have comp- what do I want to have accomplished by the end of 2021? I was doing research about New Year's resolutions and follow through and things like that, and I ended up on a site called GoSkills.com that was kind of a synopsis of a lot of different other websites. Um, I thought I'd start out with the 10 most common New Year's resolutions. So that was an interesting thing to me. Oh, can I guess the first one? What? Exercise. Yes. Can I guess the second one? Yes. Is to lose weight. Yes. Oh my goodness, my kids are geniuses. I did such a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was going. Anyway, um... So the first is exercise more. The second is lose weight. The third is get organized. Learn a new hobby or skill. Live life to the fullest. Save more money slash spend less money. Quit smoking. Spend more time with family and friends. Travel more. Read more. So those are the ten. Now as you can see as as I've been reading these, there's, there's a lot of big differences in what these could be. Exercise more. That could mean anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be walking up and down the steps three times a day, which actually isn't a bad goal. Um, Or it could mean trying to, you know, get to the gym an hour a day every day. That's an achievable goal. Yes. (laughs) To to maintain, to sustain. So one of the things that this synopsis has is to mentally prepare for your change, which is really good. As you start thinking about the changes you want to implement, make sure you do the following. Stay positive. Try not to make big, quick changes. Change should be gradual. Build on smaller changes and allow a little room for error. The other thing is to set a goal that motivates you, which is interesting They said you'd be surprised how often people set goals that are actually not for themselves. These goals could be dictated by a manager, spouse, or parental or peer pressure. And while it's nice to have some input, right? (laughs) Right. It's, It's not a bad thing to have input. It's still important for these goals to be yours because they really are not going to be able to be sustained if you're trying to fulfill someone else's goals for you. And it may sound silly, you know, having as you're thinking about it, but when you really sit down and start thinking about those goals, you know, do you want to lose weight or do you feel like um, you're partner wants to leave wants you to lose weight right or, or like society thinks you should be you know losing weight or whatever it really needs to be yours society society good heavens and all their thoughts <laughs> i know so many thoughts 
Yeah, I think it's a really good idea about the goals. I went to a a week long training in Boston right before the COVID stuff kind of fell went all over the place and, and things started to shut down by a company called O2X Human Performance. It was a week long intensive kind of view of the holistic you and ways that you can set goals, ways that you can uh, set goals uh, to be more achievable and to be become more integrated in your life. And one of the things was to break the goals down um, and just choose a thing to focus on until that becomes part of your um, just everyday activity. That's not something you're forcing yourself or having to intentionally do anymore. It's just part of who you are. So that could be uh, getting up and walking 15 minutes, um, you know, if you have an office job. Uh, it could be exercising one more day a week if you're already in exercise. So it's just like picking and breaking it down a little further to become a little more easy to integrate. And then once that's kind of going after several weeks, then you pick another thing to focus on. Right. And one of the things when you came home, <clears throat> one of the things you said is do one small thing. That's right. And make that your that make that make your focus. That's right. Right? To achieve. That's right. Right. So, you know, I drink almost no water. <laughs> I drink a lot of peach snapple. <laughs> so I do get liquid. <laughs> but it's not water. So, you know, something for me could be drink a cup of water. Yeah. That's the, that's an attainable goal. Then drink two cups of water. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, one of the things that... Another idea is that you need to limit your resolutions to a manageable amount. A common mistake in resolution setting or goal setting is having too many and spreading yourself too thin. So, you know, it, <laughs> this is funny because it says, well, I want to learn 25 different languages, 15 new job skills, eliminate five bad habits... But we're not superheroes. We only have so much attention span we can dedicate to self-improvement. So having too many resolutions is a great way not to achieve the many goals you have set for yourself. So this this is um, suggests an exercise, which I kind of like. I haven't done it, but I, I think I might. Um, it says, an exercise you can undertake to help you figure out what's most important in your life. All you need is a post-it pad, a pen, and a wall. So write anything you want to accomplish for self-improvement purposes on a post-it. Each post-it gets only one single thing. Place each post-it on the wall. Go crazy. Use as many post-its as possible. Group group together similar post-its. Place the topics you feel strongly about at the one side of the wall. Put the topics you feel meh about maybe toward the bottom of the wall. And then spend a lot of time thinking about the order of the first three post-it groups and see if you could if, see if there's anything in there that you can move forward with make that one small goal one small change to make it part of your life and then um, move on from there I think another good thing is if you're going to make resolutions and do it kind of in a in a way that others are aware of it is to get agreement especially from those that are in your immediate circle as to whether or not you want accountability or not right if if accountability really helps spur you forward then that is an excellent thing to have but communicate it so that the right. people around you know how to best help or not or to you know, not hinder you exactly and you can even be specific about that you know having somebody constantly asking you how much weight you've lost could be very discouraging right. or did you exercise today like 
Right. You know, did you did you do your the exercise you wanted to this week? Right. You know, just having having them giving them the language to help you versus right. the um, having it just kind of fall out and be discouraged. Something that has come up many times is SMART goals, and it's an acronym for be specific, have your goals be measurable, attainable, relevant, and time sensitive. So give yourself a time frame to do that, if that's if that helps you. That's right, and a lot of places use that at work. So it's really kind of work using that case, using that same kind of technique that you may have at work about how do you achieve goals and bring it to home, right. bring it to yourself. Right. And this is something that Sydney and I talked a lot about: breaking up your big goals into smaller goals. And we've talked; we were just talking about that with Randy with his, you know, one small change. This one was this was hilarious, and it made me laugh really hard. It said, let's say you're the leader of an alien race, and your resolution for 2021 is capturing the planet Earth. That is a huge goal. <laughs> you can't just tell your intergalactic fleet of spaceships, take over the planet Earth, and expect success. You have to chuck up this big crazy feat into smaller, more manageable accomplishments. So it was, you know, it was going, you know, break up your year-long resolution into weekly or monthly goals. January, North America. March, South America. May, European. July, Asia. September, Africa. By breaking your tactical plan into discrete steps, you now have a pretty good chance of world domination by the end of the year. <laughs> but it is, it's a funny little thing, but it is, um, it helps illustrate that, you know, you have your goals. You need to create some subtasks below that big goal, as we were talking about. I love the post-it note thing because I'm incredibly visual. So that is very appealing. One of the things said to use a visual map to display. Now, I don't know what a visual map is. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to go look it up. A visual map? Yes. Of your goals? Yes. Isn't that like... um. Like, I think you can, like, do that bubble mapping or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, there are different techniques for that. I'm excited. I'm going to that also gives you a sense for what you have achieved. Like, it kind of shows you the past and successes, which encourages the future, too. One of the things... I'll finish with this. One of the things that was very interesting to me is, at one point, I had back surgery. That wasn't very interesting. <laughs> That's not the interesting part. But afterward, I had to go to physical therapy. So they had me, um, they gave me a picture of an outline of a person, and they gave me um, numbers. This number means this, this number means this, this number means this, as far as pain. Now, they wanted me to illustrate the pain level at the different parts of my body. And I have a hard time with this anyway. Um, You know, trying to qualify things... And definitely put a number to them. But I did it. I sat down and I did it. At the end of the physical therapy, this was many, many weeks, um, months. This was months. They had me sit down and do it again. And I didn't see the other one. They just said, okay, I'd like you to sit down and do that. So I did it. And it was easier because I didn't have a lot of pain. And then they brought the other one out. To show me the difference. And it was like, oh my goodness, that is amazing. I forgot that this and this were hurting too. So it can be an excellent illustration to just write your stuff down. Even if you think, 
oh, what, this is silly, or this isn't, what's this going to do? Just write it down and just, you know, even if you want to look at it monthly or just write your next thing monthly, then at the end of the year, you're going to see um, a kind of a progress yep. report as you've gone along. Which is great. It is. It is. Well, that's very fun. Very fun topic and a good thing to think about for the upcoming year. That's right. I'm assuming the true story also has polar bears and... A balto. And a goose. No. With a Russian <gasps> accent. No. It is so cute. It is. We liked so, balto when the kids were growing up. Yes. So balto, um, our family is very familiar with the 1995 British-American animated feature film... Balto. If you are unfamiliar with the story of Balto, here's a quick synopsis, or general synopsis of the whole situation. So in the winter of 1925, a deadly outbreak of diphtheria in the remote port of Nome, Alaska, threatened the lives of the 10,000 plus living in the area. Children were especially um, at risk. And Gnome's isolation created a nightmare scenario. And a um, vaccine was located, but the nearest point which the serum could be reached by rail was located 674 miles from Gnome. With a blizzard approaching, air travel was ruled out, and um, they couldn't they couldn't reach it by rail because literally the the train was frozen to the tracks. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Officials determined that the only way to deliver the serum in time was via sled dog teams. Now, in the movie, who's the hero of the story? Balto. Balto. Dog. Dog. The evil dog. There was an evil one, too. Right, Steel. Steel, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like steel. sneering or whatever. But no, okay, so I looked up the true story. And um, it's a little different. <laughs> As it usually is. Yes. So 20 mushers volunteered for what would become known as the Great Race of Mercy. One, um, Leonard Seppla, had some of the best dogs around. Huskies imported directly from Siberia. Seppla chose his most experienced dog, 12-year-old Togo, as his leader. Another musher, Gunnar Kassen, or Kassen, put his faith in a green youngster, three-year-old Balto. So essentially, this was a great big long relay race with the different um, sled teams, right? So passing off the medicine. Exactly, exactly. So it, what what was interesting is we are all familiar with Balto. Balto has a statue in New York. He was praised with his musher and. Um, it turns out that there were a lot more dogs involved, a lot more people involved. A lot more dog teams involved. Dog teams <laughs> involved, lead dogs. But Balto, the reason why Balto got the credit was because he was the very last team to get to town with the medicine. Oh, okay. Right? So him and Kassan were given mostly a lot of the credit. But the team that did the longest distance and the hardest you know did work the hardest was togo and his and his um, owner sepla all right so i'm like okay but what does that really mean so to again togo was like 12 years old so not in his prime 
But and, experienced. But very experienced. And Seppala was also highly experienced, but also not in his prime. He was like 45. So I was wondering what it really meant by hardest part of the race, longest part of the race. The longest is probably... Easier. Distance. Or yeah. Time. I got that, but how much distance? Well, you said you didn't understand. What could be longest based on mileage, longest based on time? Right. True, that's true. Mm-hmm. So... I thought this was interesting. I got this from the American Kennel Club. Oh. oh. Who we know. Prestigious. Right, right. So, with temperatures hovering around negative 30 degrees, I was I actually saw... Negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. And I actually saw different things about, like, negative 30 to negative 50. Wow. So, somewhere along those lines. Seppla and his dogs, again, Togo with the lead, made incredible time in their mad dash east... Covering over 170 miles in just three days. Oh my heavens. All the while, the outbreak worsened back in Nome. Um, officials decided to add more teams to the relay, unbeknownst to Sepla. So, no cell phones, you right, know, yeah. he's on this trek, there's no yeah. way to really contact, so whatever they decide back home, they're, you know, you just have to yeah. deal with along the journey. Right, and they're probably doing like... Uh, town-to-town communication. They have no way to contact the mushers. Right, right. Seppla, after cutting across the treacherously frozen Norton Sound to save time and distance, Seppla miraculously ran right into the team of one of the Relay's late additions, which was carrying the serum westward. The two teams nearly missed each other on the trail, but thanks in part to the dogs, the connection was made. Naturally, it fell to Seppla and Togo to bring the serum back towards Nome for the next team, right? So on the return trip across the Sound, the team became stranded on an ice floe. Yeah. The quick-thinking Seppla, and this does sound like a movie, the quick-thinking Seppla tied a lead to Togo, his only hope, and tossed the dog across five feet of water. This is like frozen water kind of thing too um has to be so freezing togo attempted to pull the flow supporting the sled but the line snapped amazingly the once in a lifetime lead dog had the um basically the forethought to snatch the line from the water roll around his shoulders like a harness and eventually pull his team <laughs> to safety now that is crazy that is should have, he should, togo should have a statue somewhere. He does. He does, but I will get to that in a bit. So at first I was like, okay, this does sound like kind of like a cartoon. Like, mm-hmm. what what dog? But then I thought about it. So, so apparently Togo was kind of a rambunctious youngster with um, kind of annoying Seppa a little. Like, he would um, be really mischievous and despite not being on the sled team, he would still follow Seppla in the sled team <laughs> and would get into mischief along the way. So Seppla was finally like, okay, fine, whatever. So he put it, so he put Togo on the team. And Togo at this time, Togo was less than a year old. So this doesn't sound like any normal right. dog, yeah. right? So I think on that same journey that Seppla just put Togo on the team, Seppla realized that Togo was the lead dog that he had always wanted and dreamed of. So Togo has been doing this since less than a year old, and he's now 12 years old and highly experienced, right? So he knows that the sled and his owner are the most important things 
pretty much in his life, right? Very smart dog. Very smart dog. So I was like, okay, that's that's very impressive. That is very impressive. Yeah. Back on land, after covering a near impossible number of miles, Sepla and his team eventually made it to the handoff just 78 miles from no, which is like, oh, just 78 miles, you know. So short, I don't know. I'm being sarcastic because it's like this whole thing was like crazy. Such a long, I know. Yeah. Um, late additions to this final stretch of the relay included musher Gunnar Kassen, I'm probably botching this name, but who, against Sepla's instruction or instincts, um, had chosen Balto to lead his team. So Balto was Sepla's, came from Sepla's um, breed of dogs. Oh. And he, Sepla said that Balto never led in a winning team. Um, and he just, Sepla, again, from his own experience, just thought that Balto was a bit too green. Um, but, you know, he chose Balto, and Balto ended up um, proving himself. And they were the last ones to get into Gnome and were greeted with a hero's welcome. So although it sounds like he's the last team, he's the last team of that line, but he's the first team who came into town with the medicine. Oh, okay. So he was the last one who was picking up the serum, but the first one getting it back. Right. Okay. Right. That makes sense that he gets the hero's welcome because he's the one that rolled in with the the serum. (laughs) Right. Okay, so apparently... Mom wants Togo to get some credit. (laughs) So I'll get to that in a second. But the average amount of miles that each team in the relay race had were between, like, I think 30 to 50 miles, right? Except Togo. Except Togo, which which was 170. So each dog sled team in the relay race, the average amount of miles run by each dog sled team was 30 to 50 except someone except Togo and Sepla which was I think I said 170 yes you did across the most treacherous part of the whole relay ring and almost lost them and almost lost them I mean that was crazy yes so while Kassan and Balto were giving much of the glory, it was really, again, Sepla and Togo, who insiders knew had truly saved the day. In the years following the race, or the run, in, I believe, 2019, 2020, Disney Plus um, created a movie called Togo, which told the true story what? of what happened. And it does have Balto in it. It did? It Yes, okay. it does. But um, Togo is the... Um, hero. Obviously, the hero, <laughs> right. as he should have been. So we all know Balto has his statue in Central Park honoring what he did. Now Togo himself also has his own beautiful statue to honor him with a plaque that reads, In 1925, and this is winter of 1925, Togo led his dog sled team in blizzard conditions to Nome, Alaska, to deliver a life-saving antitoxin during mm-hmm. diphtheria epidemic. He traveled nearly 300 miles further than any other dog in the relay and his courage saved many lives. So this is a story about a dog who ended a epidemic and during a pandemic that really, <laughs> you know. I know, really. It's kind of it's like, very wow. touching. It's a very heartwarming story. Yes. Especially since we all love our dogs so much. That's right. 
Well, well and the just the mushers, this the the what they were willing to do to save a, a huge group, but a group of people they didn't necessarily know. Oh yeah, these were people and dogs that just were amazing. Yeah, and I will. Okay, so I did forget. Diphtheria, to describe it, it's a serious infection of the nose and throat that is easily preventable by a vaccine if you have it. A sheet of gray, of thick gray matter covers the back of the throat, making it hard to breathe. Which, yeah. yeah. So I'm very glad that they all, you know, yeah, uh, put in the teamwork and honor and just, you know, and the courage to go the distance. Yeah. You guys loved watching the Balto yes. cartoon when you were little. And mm-hmm. I remember... Probably after you kind of grew out of that phase, mm-hmm. reading about Togo, mm-hmm. and and I was kind of confused. Is this a different story? Is this the I know, same right? story? <laughs> like so um, you know, to find out that it, you know how it all pieced together mm-hmm. um, was you know positive because then you can find out what the real story is. So I, I right. really like the fact that now there's a Togo made for a Disney Plus movie. I think it yeah. is right. Yeah. yeah, Togo made for Disney Plus movie out there that mm-hmm. shows the whole thing. You right. still enjoy Balto, oh, yeah. the, the movie, but know that the whole story, there's a lot more to it. Right. Well, in the Balto and the, wasn't the Balto in the cartoon, like, half wolf, wolf and, and... I mean, it's a goofy little story, it's but... Just, it, and again, a Russian goose. Come on, right? It's just fun. And right. two goofy polar bears. Yeah, it's yeah. clearly a kid's thing. It's like a lot of cartoons that are based off of true stories. Right. And You're going to take them with a grain of salt. Yeah, and I will say, there was a lot of backlash against Balto. <laughs> Uh, for getting a lot of the credit, but I, I right, in the yeah. end, I am glad that Togo has his own statue and yes. is properly. Um, well, awesome! That is a very uh, heartwarming story, and I'm glad that Togo is finally getting you know, the credit right? that he deserves <laughs> after the well-deserved, apparently, credit mm-hmm. for uh, going a good bit longer than any of the other mushers. It sounds like, yeah. But coming out of Christmas and New Year's and that, like I was talking about last time, those big couple of holiday blocks, what's the next biggest holiday that's coming up? Valentine's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Easter. Well, you're all wrong. (laughs) Objectively wrong. (laughs) Because it's the Super Bowl. Oh. Oh. Holiday? Okay. Holiday. It's actually a lot of uh, online charts included in holidays because... People spend so much on it. The average of around just under 200 million people spend around 88 to $90 on food and decorations for the Super Bowl every year. It's the only holiday where you reduce the number of people interested in the holiday as you get closer to the holiday. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) How strange. (laughs) Um, But... It's great to, even if your team doesn't make it in, mm-hmm. make it an, an NFL celebration right. event. And if you're not a huge football fan, um, maybe it's not so much a big celebration event. You just go for the day itself. Right. Um, but something that I like to do is not only celebrate the Super Bowl, but celebrate the playoffs going into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Especially if your team has made it into Especially the playoffs. Especially if your team has made it into the playoffs. Now, right. you might be heartbroken early on. Right. <laughs> uh, but you can still then pick your next favorite team. That's yep. where I'm getting into a couple of fun ways to engage with the playoffs and then get into the biggest day in American sports, which is the Super Bowl. Which is funny because baseball is called America's pastime, right? but is dwarfed by the popularity of football. It's true. 
So one of the biggest things is, for me, getting together with your friends, and maybe you wanna bet on it, maybe you don't, maybe it's just for fun, but to create a bracket of the AFC and NFC teams where you take which teams are gonna beat each other, what you think the score is gonna be, going all the way up to the Super Bowl and seeing how close you are with your friends. I know I've done that with a couple of friends, not with the playoffs, but with which teams are gonna win their divisions or conferences. Mm -hmm. um, so going through, and I know that you and I have talked about kind of what our picks are, depending yeah. on. Now, today is essentially the last day of the regular season. Of the regular season. So it's the last day that matters for a lot of teams, especially on the AFC side, since there's so many good teams still in question. Yeah. Um, so this is coming out a couple weeks later, so we will know by the time this comes out. Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but making a bracket with your friends. And then another thing is kind of ramping up to the big day. <laughs> um, usually... When people throw a Super Bowl party, they'll have a lot of decorations. They'll have things like um, those paper lantern footballs. That's right. <laughs> um, table runners that are like the NFL field, uh, the gridiron field. Yeah. Um, streamers. Yeah, of the different colors. Of the different colors. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times I could just be like green and white for... Or black and white. When you always see paper plates, paper napkins, cups, right? You see the, these different consumables right. for that day, too. Yeah, and you can either get your team colors or you can get Just the, the general football ones. Right. right. Or you can get the team, if your team is out, yeah. the team that you want to win right. the most. Last year, uh, my team got knocked out. So for the Super Bowl day, I bought Kansas City Chief paper plates and right. napkins. Um, because we didn't want the 49ers to win. Right. <laughs> right. And a lot of times, uh, stores like Party City generally seem to be the, the best kind of ones for oh, yeah. um, uh, team-specific decor. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it's a huge spending day and weekend leading up to it, but not a lot of stores seem to have figured that out. Right. Walmart and Target don't put much Super Bowl stuff out other mm -hmm. than, like, Chips that they already had, but now in a Super Bowl <laughs> section. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. Right. Um, so it's like stores haven't caught on to the fact that people, if they are available, will buy tons of decorations. Right. A lot of people have Super Bowl parties. Even we live in an area that there's a lot of Washington football team fans, and even you know, even though they're not going to necessarily, well, I guess there's still a chance they're they're in, make them they might be in the playoffs. But <laughs> even if they wouldn't. A lot of other people in the area will still have Super Bowl parties or yeah. playoff kind of get-togethers and things Because it's like that. a big event to bring right. people together. And a lot of times, if you're not into the game, there are, there are funny commercials. And yeah. it's a big social event. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. true, because I don't, I don't really care about football at all. But I will sit there to watch the commercials. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes, the halftime show, too, is a big deal. Yes, Depending and there's on, a yeah. good or bad. A right. big deal. <laughs> event on the halftime, halftime show. But something that I want to do this year as I'm decorating for the Super Bowl is to slowly get things and each playoff weekend put a little more decorations out. Okay. That way once the Super Bowl day comes, it'll be mostly decorated and then I can actually get the plates for whatever team we want to win and all the decor for that. So it's kind of a... So would you decorate more generically coming up to the Super Bowl? Right. So you would decorate more generically because you don't know what team is going right. to make it. Right. But as you're watching the playoffs with your friends, 
then you can kind of be more progressively more and more in the mood. Right. And on Super Bowl Day itself, there's a lot of recommended activities, things that you can do. Um, it looks like a lot of people will hang out um, a few hours before the Super Bowl and enjoy Super Bowl related fun socializing that kind of thing so a couple of things that are uh that are neat uh super bowl trivia just having a game like that um obviously that one's not really for the people who are just there for the commercials right. <laughs> you could make like commercial trivia or you could super make bowl halftime commercial trivia. trivia is another one that i saw <laughs> yeah um rating commercials yeah. in the super bowl is another another one. Oh, that would be funny yeah as a pre-super bowl activity you could go on youtube and watch um Old commercials. Yeah. Because there's some really good ones. Yeah. There are famously bad and famously, famously good. good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could do a Super Bowl cook-off. Have everyone bring their own dish. Yeah. Like with the idea of it being one of them is the best. Right. Right. It might be a good chili day. Right. Chili right. cook-off kind of thing. And if you're the kind of person who's thinking like, oh, like, just everyone bring their own dish. I don't want to make it a competition. It's a day for competition. <laughs> <laughs> but you could get over your way. peacemaking for one day. <laughs> <laughs> you can just take, if you really don't want to, you can take yours out of the competition and just have yours there in a friendly way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's also football charades, which I didn't realize was uh, a thing. Yeah, but I see that. Yeah. you could do that for, you'd have to have knowledge of what was. Or. Yeah, of the game to be able to like determine kind yeah. of yes. what was going you, on. And if you have, if you can do charades, you can do Pictionary too. And if you did yeah. Pictionary, you could do more generic words like football, you know, <laughs> or uh, goalpost or things like that. Right, but for uh, charades, you would have to test your, um, you could test your uh, penalty memory with like false start or safety. Yeah, that's true. Or, uh, well, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, I might thinking, actually think about doing that. Like you know, I was thinking. Yeah, that's right. Um, all the weird kind of. Um, um, penalties you don't see very the often. The penalties right? that you don't <laughs> see very yeah. often. Yeah, or you could do like specific plays, like in 1982, like the Cowboys versus the, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That might be harder. For that sure. would be harder yeah, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> like the immaculate um, reception when Franco called it at, at his feet, yeah. you know. So, yeah, things like that would be a lot harder. Or those passes so that like someone caught behind their back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's a guess that. The uh, year, the date, and the teams that were playing. Yep. <laughs> I, me and mom would be just be on the side watching. <laughs> yeah. Eating um, chips. But you could try to do, <laughs> like, if it was, like, Chicago Bears or something, you could try to, like, mime bears and, yeah. then, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's a fun idea. I think I might try to yeah. do it. Um, I have a group of friends who love football and a group of friends who don't know anything about football. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a... That's a good mix. Yeah, it's a good mix. I would prefer all football-loving, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the way friends roll. They that's don't not the all way it have works. exactly Here's one that I thought was funny. Um, pick a word, and this is from uh, the Spruce. Pick a word that guests cannot say during the party. If they say the word, you blow a whistle and throw a yellow flag at them. <laughs> <laughs> that's and they get penalized. <laughs> That's funny. So you could you could be the ref. You could find like a, the ref shirt somewhere. Yeah, except yeah. I would day. I would wear a jersey. Oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe somebody you could designate somebody else the ref. Someone else. Is oh the yeah, ref. somebody yeah. who doesn't care about the game. Yeah, the that game. could be their thing. Every they time could be you watching. Sit, you throw the yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then if you think you didn't say, you can throw a red challenge. <laughs> 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 so everybody has a little challenge. Play with them. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. That would be cute. That really is. That would be funny. And then, of course, there are so many different creative snacks that you can do. I saw one that was a uh, little, like, mason jars. Oh, that's so with cute. With black and white stripes around them and a little whistle hanging from them. Yeah, oh, that's fun. water like bottles, little, too. Yeah, yeah. they're like little uh, ref water bottles and mason jars. And mm-hmm. When is the Super Bowl? It is on February 7th, on okay. Super Bowl Sunday. And I will be taking the day after off as... Yeah. Many people across the U.S. do. Yes. Particularly if it is one of your teams playing. Mm. You need to have that day to either recuperate from all that elation or to mentally recover from investing that much in your team and them getting that far. That's right. A season of emotion. A season of emotion just to have everything come crashing down. (laughs) Yeah. Not, like, coming in second place isn't that great. No. It's not not at that time. No. So... There are a lot of, and of course, there's the the snacks, chips, salsa. Huge, huge for that day. Huge for that day. So many snacks. I've seen um, like football cakes. And yes, there's football desserts that people come up with, and people get very creative with the desserts. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways um, to kind of find ways to bring, to make this, because you can make it a day yep. when people just come over and sit down and watch football. Or you can make it like a holiday. An yeah. event day. An right. event I was day. thinking that too, an event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a celebration of football and of American sports. Yeah. And being, you know, full of energy and life with your, your friends and family. And that's one of the things that people really love about football is that it brings, if you're there with a lot of fans of the same game, it brings so much energy into the house and uh, into your what might be a monotonous everyday life. Especially in the winter. Especially yes. in the winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The little of mark course, of sunshine. This year we'll still have to do it in a pandemic friendly way. Right. Yep. You know, with your kind of inner circle, but you can still do it um, with that group as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. This year the Super Bowl is being hosted in Tampa, Florida. And one of the teams on the NFC side is Tampa Bay, newly jazzed and excited to have Tom Brady as their quarterback. Right, meaning that they've made the playoffs. They've made the playoffs. Now, by the time this comes out, Tampa Bay may have already been knocked out or be on a roll, depending on what's going on. Right. So that must be very disappointing for some friends of ours. Lost Tom Brady. (laughs) An organization that's hosted the Super Bowl has never had their team go to their own stadium for the Super Bowl. Really? In the entire course of the Super Bowl era. That's crazy. So this could be a first. first. I'm not picking it to be a first, (laughs) personally. (laughs) Right. I'm not sure that I'm picking Super Bowl contenders. So thank you for those very fun topics. Our future festivities are for the week of January 18th. January 18th is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. January 19th is National Popcorn Day. January 20th is National Cheese Lovers Day and Inauguration Day. January 21st is Squirrel Appreciation Day. (laughs) We always appreciate it. What are we supposed to appreciate? I guess some cute fluffiness. I don't know. January 22nd, Answer Your Cat's Questions Day. January 23rd, National Pie Day. Pie P.I. or P.I.E.? P.I.E. Yum. Okay. January 24th, National 
Compliment day. What a great list. <laughs> Thank you. Save it, Cole. Save it. It's a national compliment day. You can always follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at holiday underscore moons. We are also on Instagram at holiday moons one word. And you can find us by searching in the Facebook search bar uh, by putting in holiday moons in the Facebook search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can email us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Beth, Sydney, and Cole, happy winter! Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is the new bird He sings a love song as we go along Walking in a winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he is Parson Brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we've made walking in a winter wonderland. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane. Snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird, here to stay is a new bird. He sings a love song as we go along, walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman, and pretend that he's a circus clown. We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman Yes, until the other kiddies knock him down Later on, we'll conspire As we dream by the fire To face unafraid the plans that we've made Walking in a winter wonderland Walking in a winter wonderland